so I, I'm not sure when the last time you were in here, but the uh, cleaning people are not doing uh, a, a, a great job. I think I think somebody came in here and had an accident in my office. Yeah, I think we got to beef up security just uh, just a little bit. Now I'm not worried about COVID in here. I'm worried about like uh, bubonic plague. Yeah. Okay. Uh, catch you later. Ugh. Okay. Uh, definitely uh, sanitizing when we get into uh, the, uh, the 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 set tonight. Episode 23. Welcome. Uh, it is uh, November the 19th. Pretty nice night for November the 19th, downtown St. Catharines. It is the 411. As I mentioned, it is episode number 23. We are fueled by Gales Gas Bars Limited. We are powered by WeStream. We are partnered with Niagara 411. And this COVID thing is still a big deal here in Niagara, especially with uh, franchises like this. And, uh, and others that deal with uh, wineries and bars and uh, those kinds of patrons that want to get out. It's still a big deal here in Niagara, and uh, we're going to be talking about that and some other pretty cool things tonight. So come on in, we'll show you how you can get involved, okay? Yeah. That was, uh, I don't know who was in my office over the last couple of days, but they certainly did not leave it the way they found it. I'm telling you that right now. Okay, uh, we'll throw the little mascaroonie over there. Uh, we'll get out of the we'll get out of the jacket. Let's put that over there, and uh, we'll come on in here now. Uh, I'm going to start this program with something that uh, Mr. Kevin Jack of WeStream, and who is the executive producer of this program. And I did not discuss because uh, this happened just seconds ago and Kevin's not even aware of it. But I have to mention this because it was one of the greatest gestures of human kindness up close that I have seen. And this is actually true. Just before you came to see me in my office down the street, um, I was standing there uh, having the conversation and there was a, a homeless, uh, or at least homeless for now, person sitting on the street beside my office down there and um, having a little bit of a, a, a smoke on a um, whatever it was I'm not not sure what it was I think it was like a vaporizer thing that's that's all it was so along the street just before Kevin came down to to get me to do the show um, another lady walked by and she was holding uh, uh, a package a flat package and as she walked by my office and saw this person sitting in the street on the curb, uh, said, have you eaten today? And I couldn't really hear what the other person said. But this person that was walking down the street gave, she said, well, here's a pizza for you. Uh, I just bought this and uh, you might like it. And she gave the pizza to this person sitting on the street here uh, on St. Paul and St. Catharines. I was absolutely blown away. I mean, we hear about random acts of kindness and they're wonderful things. And every now and then we get a chance to perform one ourselves. But I, t to tell you the truth, I have never done anything like that that's that obvious. 
and it's the first time I've seen something like that up close and personal. One person sitting there uh, who has seen better times, and another person walks by and says, "Have you had? Have you eaten today?" And then gives this person the pizza that they were carrying to probably have their own dinner. I don't know, but it was. Uh, Kevin, I was almost moved to tears by this. I saw her sitting there next to your office, and she did have that big, gigantic slice of pizza. And I was kind of trying to put two and two together in my mind yeah. as well. Not that she wouldn't have the wherewithal. I mean, yeah, you didn't see that. But I didn't see that. Wow, that's really cool. You know, in the middle of COVID nineteen, where a lot of people are struggling, and maybe they don't have the money to give uh, away. You I, find don't, I don't. I don't know that. who this. I don't know who either one of these people were. But I will go to sleep tonight thinking about that uh, and, and, and wondering what perhaps I might be able to do the next time I see somebody that is obviously in need. Because I don't think I've... I mean, I've done some okay things, but I've never done anything like that. I, I have to admit, I, I've never done anything that blatantly wonderful for someone that normally is invisible. Normally we walk by these people and they make no impression on us. They are invisible. We get used to seeing them and, and we take no notice, or at least we take, if we do notice, we take no action. And, and this is a person that A, not only noticed, but B, took action, positive action. And, uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I. I don't know where I go from here tonight, Kevin. I mean, I'm just. That was. Uh, that was the most unbelievable start to the show that I have ever yeah, witnessed. Way, way to go, Niagara! You know, you just it puts a smile on your face, Lee. Yeah. And I guess what you're supposed to do is pay it forward, right? Unbelievable. You, you somebody else, and, and to be honest, Lee, I know. I know some people are going through hard times. I don't think that you and I are have fallen so hard that we can't give away a slice of pizza. No. Like. But it's actually do, but it's actually doing it. No, you're right. That is the, that is the thing. It's not only thinking about it. It's actually in the moment, in that moment. Have you eaten today? Wow. Wow. Strong stuff. Um, and I'm not making this up, folks. It just actually happened live and surprisingly. In, in my face and I'm thinking about starting a program and bang this woman says to this person have you eaten today <sighs> wow uh, okay so we'll try to we'll, we'll try to move and let me ask you this um, if you have any stories like that to share. It, it, this just occurred to me because this is all about you being able to be a part of this show. The whole thing is live stream Niagara. The whole thing is the 411. Uh, we do appreciate uh, Gail's Gas Bar for fueling this program. We do appreciate WeStream and Kevin's company for providing the technology that makes this happen. We also appreciate all of the connections uh, and the contributors with uh, Nick and Niagara 411. And um, and it, it's it's wonderful, but the whole idea of this program is connecting Niagara to itself, connecting Niagarans to themselves. And after what I just witnessed a few moments ago, and you might think it's contrived, you might think I made it up. I did not. It happened in real time, and I wasn't expecting it. When I walked down to my office, I saw this person sitting there, 
did I say hello to them? No, I didn't. Uh, I was just thinking about getting the show started. Uh, egocentric me. That's what I was thinking about. And then this happened, as I mentioned it to you before. So uh, if you have a story that you could share with us, um, whether it's something that you experienced, whether it's something that you witnessed, whether it's someone that helped you, or whether it's someone whom you helped, uh, I would really love to hear about it on the show tonight because those are the things that make us special. Those are the kinds of things that will get us through this COVID-19 um, process, however long it takes, are those kinds of connections, are those kinds of things that make us feel like we're in this. They always say this, we're in this together and we'll be in, and after a while, how many times you want to hear that? Yeah, we're in this together, we'll get through it together. That's a very nice sentiment, and, and, and uh, but when you witness things that really 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 uh, accent that message it's unbelievably powerful so uh, you're absolutely right Lee and, and you know what I, I got a story for you here uh, two, okay. two friends walk into a bar <laughs> alright we can't do that anymore and you know we say that we're all in this together but the news of the last week and it was a focus of our show last week and I know it'll be a focal point again today is Dr. Hergy's section 22 order that has decimated the restaurant and bar industry right across Niagara. Uh, yes, and that is a, is a wonderful dovetail, uh, Kevin, and you were very, very strategic in getting me off my, off my soapbox here, I, I might add. That was very smooth uh, on your part. Uh, I know what you're doing there, and that's okay, and that's, that's great. So, if you have one of these stories, uh, or, or something to share on that note, please, by all means, just click on the link at the bottom of the posting on the stream you are watching and it'll put you into our zoom green room and then we will have a chat with you because we have almost a wide open show we we do have a guest coming on shortly but uh, other than that we have a, a a pretty wide open show or if you have zoom apps on your uh, on your devices 905-411-0411 is the number to call so here's what happened um last night Niagara Regional Council unanimously supported a motion from St. Catharines Mayor Walter Senzik calling upon Niagara Acting Medical Officer of Health Dr. Mustafa Hirji to amend his recent order under Section 22 of the Health Protection and Promotion Act. The requested amendment would remove the directive that restaurants only seat people from the same household together. The GNCC, which is the Greater Niagara Chamber of Commerce, has called for the order to be rescinded. It should be noted, however, that Regional Council does not have the authority to amend or enforce Dr. Hirji's order, which can only be done by the Health Services Appeal and Review Board. A decision by the Board can, in turn, only be appealed to the Divisional Court of Ontario. Only a person or a member of a class affected by the order can appeal to the Board. That is essentially what happened last night. The entire Regional Council invited uh, Dr. Hergy to amend his original portion of that that section 22 amendment and all of the things that Dr. Hergy put out with regard to the regional uh, office of health in Niagara were not disputed it is that one element that one kernel 
on the whole core cob of corn, which is the new initiatives in Niagara, and it is the people that live in their own households. This is not making sense. And Dr. Hirji, after four hours of meeting, absolutely refused to back off on any of his protocols that he has put in place. New cases on November the 19th, that is today, 20. Growth rate on November the 19th, 1.1%. This is not huge. This, even the 20 cases, which is uh, significantly less. Remember last week, we were talking about 45, 63, etc. That was because mainly of that floral operation in Jordan. Okay? So now, new cases yesterday, 16. Yes, we're up a bit from yesterday. But we are in a situation right now where we are able to, or we should be able to, target the problem areas, not target an area that is not the problem area. So we were talking with David McParian from Fiddler's Poorhouse here, and he also operates Monty's in the, the city of St. Catharines. And uh, Kevin, you gave me some stats when you were talking to Mook earlier today. You gave me some stats about the effect that the, just the one week has had on their business. Yeah, Dave Mook Perry and Mook texted me just before we went to air, Lee, and said that he's down 80% this week. 80%. Talked to another bar manager, said they're down 95%. Since this edict was released last Thursday. And the restaurants were doing the right things. This is the problem. I mean, uh, you brought it up, Lee, that we had massive outbreaks at two floral operations. And the reaction is to close restaurants and bars. And when, and, and when, when pressed on the issue... Dr. Herji, and I don't know the man. I have no, I have no axe to grind against. It could be, it could be Dr. Smith. It doesn't matter to me who it is. It's just the logic of this situation. In the fact that when pressed on this, said, "Well, it's not the restaurants that are at fault. They're doing a fine job. I feel badly about the restaurants having to go through this. It's the people inside that are acting irresponsibly. They're not acting irresponsibly, in my experience." The restaurants and bars uh, and, and the places that I've been to, and I have been to a number of them in the last two or three months, and the wineries as well, because they fall into this category, and that's another thing that doesn't, uh, that's not making any sense. They are meeting the protocols, and the people that are in those places are actually following the protocols. They're wearing the mask. They're doing the right things. They are distanced. They're not doing, and I don't care whether you reduce it to four, reduce it to four people. Uh, make it six, make it eight. I don't care. The fact is that they have been meeting the protocols. The public has been meeting the protocols. And don't say, oh, it's a shame we have to do this to the restaurants the, be, uh, because the patrons aren't doing their job. Yeah, maybe some of them aren't. But for the most part, most of them are. And it's just, it's just if, if you don't have the intestinal fortitude, I'm sorry, I, I don't usually take really strong points on this show. We, we try to walk the middle, middle line, but this doesn't make any sense at all. If you cannot at least re-examine your policies and dial it back on 1.1 issue, you are not going into any meeting with an open mind. You have gone into a four-hour meeting with the Niagara Regional Council and you've closed your mind before you walked in the door. And that's it. Now, Lee, Sorry, Kevin. No, later on in the program, I want to let people know that we are looking to hear from people affected by this. So people, and apparently 12 or 13% of Niagara's workforce 
work in the bar and restaurant yeah. and service industry. If you are affected by this, uh, please come on the program, click on that link. We want to hear from you, want to know how it's affected. But Lee, we do have somebody that is scheduled to join the program. Yes. Uh, Fred Davies is the president of Breakwall Brewing in Port Colburn. Um, he's been outspoken, as many other people have, and we invited him onto the program. So I'll let you take. I'll let you kind of take it from there. Yeah, but, I got uh, I got Fred, I, I see you in there. If you could just unmute yourself, and uh, and we'll bring you on the program. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got to get your ear in there so that you got to get uh, my uh, got to get my ear in here. Yeah. So all right. Fred so and, uh, uh, and uh, Fred. Uh, sorry if I stole a little bit of your thunder there, but I get a little passionate about this one. <laughs> and probably you do too. This is Fred Davies. He's president of uh, Breakwall Brewing Company in Port Colburn. Hey, Fred, thanks for coming on the program. My pleasure. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Um, okay, so what has your experience been over the last two or three weeks? Tell us about how your what your business is, first of all, and how your business has been affected and your position. Sort of a three-part question for you. Did, did, first, let me get my, I gotta get my cat off my desk here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last couple of weeks, well, here's, here's the thing that, that um, went sideways for us. When the province put us into the uh, orange zone last week, um, we had we got out and spent a whole bunch of money. We we built screens to go in between tables so we could, we could put more people in the restaurant. Uh, all the staff we went through all the protocols. Everything was fine. And then on the, on the Saturday we got word that uh, that the region was going to effectively shut us down the following Monday. And when I say they effectively shut us down by changing the rules of the number of people that come into the restaurant instead of a table. It scared the crap out of everybody, and our business literally dropped on Monday by 90% in the brewery, and uh, another 80. My, we have another restaurant down the street called San Marcos, and the business there has dropped by 80%. Um, so it's it, this whole thing has been a confusing mess, uh, a lot of contradictory rules and regulations, but the the uh, there's it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Five or the four people per table from the same household doesn't make any sense. That's not the way. That's not the way society is working right now. Okay, uh, Fred. Let me roll back to something that you said a minute ago. You said uh, you heard that the region was going to put further restrictions on to you, and actually, that that's really not true. It is the health authority here. It's the, it's the regional health authority, not the actual regional government. I just wanted to make that clear. Yes, yeah, that's true. However, deployed by the region, enforced by the region, because the doctor works for the region. But, uh, yeah, but they I was, can't... You know, was, okay, but... I was speaking to a couple of regional councillors, and they, they got advance notice the day before. And the regional health committee met the day before he initiated these regulations and didn't tell anybody. Um, so it all came down as a surprise to a lot of yes. And then when it was announced, there was a lot of confusion how it was going to impact our business. But it, it certainly impacted it quite clearly uh, on day 
Yeah, Fred, I, I just want to clarify because I watched the whole four hours of that special council meeting yesterday and um, co-chair of that health committee, Welland Regional Councilor John Kiokio said, I was in this meeting with you yesterday. This was the health committee. What happened in 24 hours? How did you make a decision in 24 hours that had wide-sweeping effects across the region and 24 hours before we're in a health committee meeting and you don't mention it? Not a word is spoken of it. How does that happen? And that, that completely surprised me. It also really surprised me that regional council, us, the people, the, our representatives, can't do anything about it. That, that Hergy's allowed to act as a lone wolf and, and we have... Well, this was, yeah, this was no my leverage. point. Go ahead, Lee. No, I was just, I was just thinking, uh, uh, Fred, I mean, we are, uh, as, you, as you know, we have been waving the flag for people that are in your situation, the, the restaurant uh, owners as well as the wineries, etc., that, that this clamps, clamps down on. But it seems like we have um, a, almost a despotic kind of, kind of situation in the region. Last night at the special regional council meeting, the councillors all wanted Dr. Hergy to reconsider that aspect of his proposals uh, and his rules for Niagara operations, and he refused to do it. So, what are, do you have any recourse? Do you and your co-operators of establishments like this have any recourse at all? What are you doing, if anything, to try to fight back? Well, we, there, there is an option to uh, to make an appeal to the provincial government, which, you know, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I heard about this yesterday, so I haven't had a chance to look into it yet, but there is a, there's an opportunity to appeal it, but I can guarantee you it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, the Premier's already pre pretty much bought, uh, drank, the Premier drank the Kool-Aid on this a couple of days ago um, and told us to stop picking on Dr. Hirsch. We're not picking on Dr. Hershey. When did he we tell are, you? Well, how, 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 wait, excuse me. How did he tell you to do that? The, the premier? Yeah. When when did you when did you hear that? Uh, yesterday on on the news, he was doing his press conference, and somebody asked him about the Niagara situation, and yeah. he he uh, accused us of all being anti-maskers. Really? Which is not the issue. No. Uh, he told us to stop picking on the uh, the doctor. He's just doing his job. And we should fall in line and follow the order. Wow. Okay. Uh, because one of the other aspects of this, Fred, was the fact that it was very shortly after Dr. Hergy had announced his new restrictions for Niagara operations that um, Premier Ford announced the new category, the new measurements for the color code categories for the province of Ontario. Uh, and, and with apologies to Dr. Hergy, I'm, this isn't a direct quote, I'm, I'm not pretending this is a direct quote, but uh, he, if I'm correct in this, said something similar to the fact that, well, had I known that the province was going to make this kind of announcement, I may have communicated differently or done something differently. And, and again, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, so yeah, the, yeah, the, that, that, that points out another issue is the fact that why aren't the regions, why aren't the health authorities discussing announcements and plans with the province so that they can get their act together and sort of synchronize the messages that they're sending out to the public. You should be able to have some sort of coherent, uh, cohesive message, uh, at least in my mind. 
Yeah, you know, it, it, it was badly deployed from the get-go. Um, it, it, the province has not been clear. It's been conflicting. The region has, has you know, imposed new restrictions while we were just getting used to the ones that had been imposed the day before. But here's the thing that happened last night that really kind of, uh, really kind of intrigued me because I watched the whole, I watched the whole four hours as well. And uh, regional councillors, you know, went to, were pretty firm with the doctor, and I and I understand why because they're they're dealing with a lot of the issues that that uh, needed clarification as well. And he did clarify some things, but I still think he was using outdated data. But what he did last night was walk back some of the some of his order. Like he, he said, for example, when he was asked a question. Um, two neighbors can't go to dinner with with each other, even though they've been in each other's social bubble for the last eight months. There's four people that live next door to each other that don't go out much, but they want to go out for dinner. Under the rules, that's not allowed. But yesterday he said, well, you know, we'll consider them emotional supports for each other. Okay, well, that's not what the rules said, but he's he's sort of walking back some of the regulations. He also said uh, things like, um, um, I use the example of two people walking into a bar, and that's where it was kind of got shared on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you can go out with your friends all day long, go to Walmart, go to Costco, but you can't come into my off in, into uh, my restaurant at the end of the day and sit down at the bar and have a beer together. Doesn't make sense to me, particularly when everybody, all the protocols, we have the strictest protocols in the food service sector. Nobody else does the amount of protection that we have in place. Mm-hmm. You come into the restaurant, you have to, you have to have a mask on, you have to sanitize your hands, we contact trace you, we get your name and your address and your phone number. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we, you have to attest that your health is in is is good and that you're not experience any symptoms we ask them a series of like 10 questions and then they can sit at a table by themselves where we have barriers between each table table. now tell me that that isn't as safe as you're going to find anywhere in the world today um well i i couldn't disagree with you in that section that you were talking about that uh dr herjee mentioned with regard to physical or uh emotional mental support um, that was included in the wording of the original amendment to section 22 of the regulations. However, uh, it was more like, um, it was intended to more uh, be focused on personal service workers and, uh, and, 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 and official uh, support people as opposed to just a buddy that uh, you needed some uh, emotional support for to get out of the house and yeah. and and that's how that's how it seemed that they were able to rationalize that and as you say roll it back into something a little bit more personal as opposed to something more official but when those when those first announcements came out it certainly appeared to me that it was more of a technical support worker as opposed to just uh, a friend who you needed support from uh, and 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 that right. sort of that yeah, sort of where there are other questions that were asked. Yeah, Fred. Um, yeah, now you don't you don't have to you don't have to answer this, but um, because people like to keep their business 
pretty much close to the chest. But assuming that these restrictions, as stringent as they are, continue, um, how is your business going to be affected? How are, are, are you going to be able to stay open? Well, that's the big question that we've uh, been dealing with all day today. <clears throat> um, if it appears as though the Premier is going to be making some announcements tomorrow that we may go into a red zone. don't know whether that will affect Niagara or not, but it, it, it appears pretty likely that Toronto and Peel and Bolton are all going to be classified as the red zone. So that would put that would put a restriction of 10 people maximum in a restaurant. So that 10 people maximum, in addition to it being a table of four from the same family, would make it virtually impossible for us to operate. Uh, you know, we have... Uh, Brewery's got 120 seats. Um, our restaurant, uh, San Marcos down the street, has, has got 85 seats. Uh, we're already at 50% capacity. If if any more restrictions, I mean, these current restrictions of four people per table, uh, it's not working. It's not a long-term sustainable model. It is a loss for us every day. We lose money every single day we're open. And that's, that's the thing about this. <clears throat> you can limit our overhead and, and reduce our capacity, but it doesn't reduce our overhead. Okay. That's the critical component that yeah. the province needs to figure this out. Okay, to come at it from uh, the flip side of the coin in, so in the I'm, interest I'm breaking of... breaking up a bit here. I'm uh, sorry. Am uh, I breaking up here with you? No, you've been fine. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right. Uh, in the interest of trying to paint the picture on the other side of the coin as well, we have seen the numbers increase in our region. We have seen the numbers increase in Ontario and across Canada as far as the COVID infections, uh, hospitalizations, even deaths. Now, we looked at the numbers today and there were 20 in Niagara today. Um, so, um, where, where, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, what part do you feel, if any, that the restaurant, bar, winery sector is playing in the increase of this numbers? Are we focusing in the right areas? And I know this is a leading question. I'm sorry. It's sort of, it's sort of like doing the, the dangling the carrot. Uh, but um, do, is is there anything you feel that the restaurant industry, your industry, could do better than it's doing? No, absolutely not. We are doing more than what's being asked of us. And here's the thing. Dr. Kurji actually acknowledged yesterday that the restaurants are not the problem. It's the people coming into the restaurants that are the problem. But I would challenge that because um, even he even acknowledged that if people had the virus coming into a restaurant, it's highly unlikely they're going to spread it from from table to table or patron to patron or, or staff member to, to table simply because of the protocols that are in place. Um, there has not been one single inquiry by any authority in our restaurants in the last four months as we've been doing contact tracing to look at our records to see who's been there, which tells me nobody has contracted the virus that has been sourced back to any of our establishments. But even if that is the case, that they want to blame us, they're going to blame us because we're the only ones doing it. You don't get contact traced in Walmart or Costco or the grocery store. You may be asked to put your mask on or you may have a sanitized cart, but nothing else in the store is sanitized. And if you looked at the Costco opening in Niagara Falls the other day, it was a shit show. Yep. We, if, if one person is 
determined to have gotten the virus at one of our restaurants, that would have meant that somebody had to get it to them. And if there's nobody testing positive out of the restaurant, it's, it doesn't, the stretch isn't there to make that connection. You can't connect the dots when the restaurants are doing virtually all of the major protocols that are out there. But to go back to your other question, you know, if we are, what are we going to do now? We're, this is not a sustainable model, and everybody that I've talked to in the restaurant business is sort of waiting for a week or two to see how this thing shakes out. Regional Council asked the doctor to, to uh, amend his order. He said he would take it under consideration, but he's not doing anything yet. Um, I'm not sure what he's waiting for. Maybe he's waiting for the province to, to shut everything down so that he's off the hook. You mentioned um, something earlier, Fred. Sorry to cut you off. You mentioned yeah. something earlier that uh, to your industry, Code Red is where Toronto, the GTA, uh, Toronto Peel, uh, York, whatever, uh, and that was six people. Code Red uh, provincially means six people socially distanced and masked up in restaurants is the is is the maximum. I, I think what he had said is that, is that total capacity is ten people, but the edict would still be four at a table. I, w I would think. I mean, the provincial order is four. Hergie's order was six, and and we're now no, limited. No, no, no. The province was six. Oh, Herges sorry. The province was, was six. Province and was six. Hergie's was four. I apologize. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, and that's in, and that's if you're in the red zone. Right. So what are we? Uh, platinum. But well, I mean, this what is, the hell color this are is we? The anomaly. What is that? This is the anomaly of that legislation. He's got that section twenty-two. Um, capacity to make a decision outside of anyone else's influence. He doesn't need absolute power in a province. Has, there's no oversight. In fact, he didn't even disclose his. He didn't disclose the decision when he made it until the night before he made it. That gave no one notice to respond. I mean, and I said this earlier. We just spent a boatload of money on other protocols so that we could continue to serve people in our restaurant. Yeah. But they're not coming now. And so, might, I, might I point out something, uh, this is a technicality, but it may impact something in the future. The official title of Dr. Herji, I believe, is Acting Medical yep. Health Officer. Uh, so think about the impact of that. Uh, is, well, so here's the thing. I, make, I, make, I, make, I draw no conclusions as a result of that. What's that, Fred? Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> I was listening to Councillor Laura Ip on uh, CKTV yesterday, and she said that in order to make a change at that position, they need two-thirds of council to vote to remove him. And that request would then go to the province, and the Minister of Health would have to agree with that decision. So none of, that's never going to happen. Never say never. If, uh, if you don't mind, Leah, I just want to kind of hop in here. and uh, Fred. It's Go just, ahead, it's, Kevin, it's, it's your show. Ah, oh, no. It's, <laughs> it's Kevin behind the scenes. And I was, I was appalled at the gall of Dr. Herji yesterday to have 31 regional councillors all in lockstep telling him that they disagree with this decision to reconsider in a unanimous vote and for him to not budge, not consider it, not even listen to the people, I mean, they debated masks for six weeks with consultation after consultation after consultation, and the reality is that didn't have a lot of financial impact. Dr. Herji makes this decision seemingly on his own, 
in 24 hours, no consultation, and without the leverage that the province has, for example, to implement some financial measures and resources that the restaurants and bars can access. The province can do both of those things in conjunction. All Herji can do is shut you guys down. And he did it with no oversight, no consultation. And then yesterday, I, I watched him stare everybody in the face that was telling him that this needs to be reconsidered, including the unanimous passing of a motion, and wouldn't even hint at changing it. Now, regional council is meeting right now. There's a meeting ongoing right now. This so, is their regular regional council meeting tonight. And I'm assuming that it'll come up once again, and, and he'll be asked whether or not, you know, in the in the last 24 hours, he's he's taken their motion into consideration. But and we'll and, and Fred, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't presume that you wouldn't get the support, not you personally, but uh, generally there would not be support of uh, a minimum of two-thirds of council to revisit the current structure of the Niagara Health uh, situation. So um, um, that's why I said never say never. You, you, uh, and, 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 to be, and to be perfectly honest, to, to give the Premier uh, his due respect he is not in touch with every medical health officer in every region in Ontario uh, and I'm sure he's received a lot of flack uh, with regard to and I'm not a don't I'm not a dyed-in-the-wool conservative I'm not a I'm not a Doug Ford supporter I don't contribute I or whatever but what else is he gonna say he's gonna say oh well you know I support our medical health officers uh, while they're in that position you know so it, it's it, it's it, it, it's sort of something that you kind of have to say when you're on the political stump but uh, when you feel when you feel public opinion swaying as far away from that decision as our public opinion in Niagara is swaying uh, eventually the province has to pay attention eventually they will we one would hope I just hope it's soon enough uh, to save uh, as much uh, harm as, as we can. Fred Davies, president of uh, Breakwall Brewing Company in Port Colborne. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate your perspective. Uh, keep fighting the good fight, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Good luck to, to you on everything, good. okay? Thank you. Thank you for the chat. Take care, man. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, and throughout my uh, long career, the last thing I usually enjoy doing, and I, I don't enjoy this, is making someone that is a hardworking person that has a, has a difficult job feel, um, feel like a target uh, of, of harassment or animosity or something like that. And that's not really the, I don't know, I don't know Dr. Herji personally. I have nothing against him. I think he's probably a very bright man and I, I, I'm sure he has the strength of his convictions and he believes that what he is doing is the right thing. Uh, I just don't seem to think that in this instance he has enough real life experience to understand the impact of some of the things that have been said. Uh, and so, if if we've made the man feel uncomfortable at all tonight, and I'm sure we have, my my sentiments go out to you. But these are important things that are happening right now, and the understanding of what these proprietors and owners and operators and staff members of these places uh, it, it has to be well understood. What's the logic of it has to be understood. 
we have seen pictures. I had a couple of links. I don't know if we've got them available. We've had a couple of pictures of uh, from people that have taken account of what happened when the new Costco location opened in Niagara Falls this week. We're talking a couple of thousand people. Even at the ribbon cutting ceremony, if you look carefully, uh, Mayor Jim Diodati and the other officials, uh, and again, I'm not slamming the mayor, he's doing this ribbon cutting at, a, at the opening of, er, of a very important establishment, a very important business in this community. That's totally cool. Uh, but if you look behind, and, and the people in the front line, there's three or four of them, and, and they're wearing masks, and everything's uh, okay, and they're doing the thing. Uh, but if you look in the background of that picture, there are at least, I don't know, 20 people that you can just see heads of standing close to one another. And whether they're wearing, wearing masks or not, you know they're not from the same household. They're standing there and then behind there, you know the store is full of people. It's absolutely jam-packed full of people. I, uh, from what I understand, and again, I'm not standing by this number, I wouldn't swear to it in court, but somebody told me somewhere between 2,000 and 2,500 people went through that location on opening day. One day. Okay, now yeah, and, compare and no that with two or three co-workers who don't live in the same household coming in here to Fiddler's Poor House to grab a burger on a lunch break. Yeah, Lee, this makes no sense to me. Yesterday, my friend told me this story. He was working by himself, so he went out and had lunch. He was sitting there alone, and literally two paramedics walk in. And the staff made them, as per the edict, sit at their own separate tables six feet apart. These are two paramedics that are driving with each other that, of course, are in close contact in dealing with other people's, like, I don't want to say fluids, but you know what paramedics do, right? Yeah, paramedics, yeah. I mean, you know, you never know what the next call is going to bring. So they're, well, they're doing about, all, Paramedics are about as up close and personal with people as you can possibly get. Absolutely. They do that all day, but they go out to have a bite to eat, and they can't sit together. It's, uh, I, I have no idea how Dr. Herji did not take into consideration the financial impact of this, and I have no idea how he just stared down everybody at a special meeting of council last night for four hours with an unwillingness to budge. Uh, but, I mean, beyond the financial impact, which of course is, is the A problem, that is position, that, that is problem number one. What it absolutely defies is any sort of logic. There is, there is no thread of logic that can be drawn in this situation. I don't... Everything else, you, you, can, you can blow up Section 22 until the cows come home and everything else makes sense. We got it. Sanitizer, hands, masks, the whole thing. I'm totally uh, a pro-masker. You betcha. Uh, and like all, all of that, everything about that makes sense. Even if you want to limit the number of people at a table, that's okay. I get it. I understand. But... The cohabitation thing is the, is where our we. Are. Yeah. Lee, I want to bring something to your attention here because I found this pretty interesting. I like when people choose or share one half of a story and use that to bolster their position. 
So yesterday, Dr. Herji uh, quoted the medical... I'm leaving because I'm having a hard time yeah. hearing you. He, uh, well, you know what? It's actually getting a little busy here. Yeah, it's Fiddler, good. So I'm happy for them. They said they're down 80% in a week since Dr. Herji put in this edict of Section 22. So yesterday, he quoted the medical officer of health from Haltman. You know what? I'll share the screen here. Okay. And people can see the quote. And, and this was, of course, to bolster his position. But all he shared was this quote, that their recommendation is to dine at restaurants with people in your household only. I also encourage residents to order takeout and use meal delivery services to continue to support local businesses. Click here for more detailed guidance. Right. But he used that quote, the one that's in bold there. What he did not include was the very next sentence in the release from the region of Halton that says... These recommendations are not provincial orders and will not be enforced. While I am strongly <laughs> recommending residents take these steps, I understand that these may take time to adapt, and it continues. The yeah. very next sentence says, these are not provincial orders and they will not be enforced. And he uses the quote right above it to say, see, they agree with me in Halton. Okay. Um, and one of the other ramifications of this that we haven't touched on yet tonight uh, and I know this show is kind of becoming a one trick pony but this is a very important pony believe me it is a very important pony here in the region of Niagara and if regional council had a special meeting about it last night and almost uh, unanimously uh, wanted some hard questions answered uh, it's an important pony to talk about so one of the things we're not talking about is the fines that are possible if a restaurant is perceived to be breaking these rules that are in place, the new restrictions that are in place only in Niagara. We're not talking about provincial restrictions here, we're talking about this one that is in Niagara. Even the red zone restrictions that Toronto's going to be in, Peel's going to be in, York, the GTA, etc., that this one that we have in Niagara goes beyond the red zone. All right, so keep that in mind. It is a fine if you are perceived or found or adjudicated to be in contravention of that portion or any portion, actually, of Section 22 of the Regional Health uh, Act that was uh, announced by Dr. Herji. It's $5,000 a day, or any part of that day is $5,000. In other words, if there is one, uh, one group of people one foursome, let's say, that is in a restaurant or in a winery and there is an inspector or somebody comes in uh, and they determine that those people are not from the same household, really not from the same household, it's $5,000. You know how many burgers or how many uh, glasses of beer or how many bottles of wine or tastes of wine that uh, a winery or a restaurant uh, has to has to go through to net $5,000 a day, their profit margins are not that large. You think, oh, yeah, I, I dream of owning a restaurant one day. I want to be that guy on Cheers. No, you don't. <laughs> you, you really don't. Profit margins are not that large. So the, think about that. The restaurants are going to be on the hook, potentially being fined $5,000 a day when there's really no way for them to prove that these people live with each other. Now, it says in an order that it's just that the, the, the customer has to attest 
that they live with each other. Yes, and they have to fill out they have to fill out forms. I uh, I've made this uh, very clear before. Uh, I work a couple of days a week doing wine tastings, etc., at uh, Culinary Estate Winery in Niagara on the Lake. Um, and uh, we've had to put the protocols in place, and they've done a great job of doing it. I'm not, uh, I'm, and I'm not setting that up them up as special. It's just that's my experience. And the other wineries in Niagara on the Lake and Niagara do the same thing. They make uh, because of the new regulations. Everyone that comes in, not just one person per party, everyone that comes in has to sign in. Uh, they have to give their contact information, and they have to attest to the fact that uh, they're household members. And we do not have the right, nor do they want us to have the right, they meaning the officials, to have the right to check credentials, etc., check uh, identification or, or whatnot. We take their word for it, but we have to ask the questions. Uh, and the restaurants have to ask the questions, and they do ask the questions. Uh, are people sometimes not being truthful? What do you think? Um, but the point is, that's how ludicrous this situation is. That's how ridiculous that one... And it's only... Dr. Herji, I'm, I, I'm imploring you. That is the only thing that people are arguing with you about. That's the only thing. Am I right, Kev? 100 percent that's it that's we're, the we're, that's one little that one little thing we're good with that's everything it. else everything else is fine you're okay you're cool we love you you're a smart guy but that's just that's just stupid i'm sorry you, you gotta learn you gotta learn to collaborate right apparently he's a young guy he's a young guy for the position and i remember lee it took me a long time to learn not necessarily how to work in groups but to understand that the decision I made that I thought was genius might not, in fact, be the best decision in the room. Yeah. That there, are, that there are a lot of smart people. You need to open your mind, and you have to listen to other people's ideas because sometimes they have better ones. One of the finest, ex one of the finest examples of this is what's happening with the presidency of the United States. As a manager of businesses for many, many years, uh, I always went with the edict of hire smart people uh, to do their jobs and listen to them. It's really not brain surgery. Hire good people for the areas that you need good people in and listen to them. Well, look at what's happened south of the 49th parallel. There were good people not listened to, and then there were sycophants put in place that uh, nobody cared if you listened to them or not, and uh, we have what we have going on right now. And um, to, to go to Dr. Herjee's defense, He's a he's a good he's a good people. He's a good guy. He's he's a smart man. He's a well-educated medical professional, and he has the strength of his convictions. Uh, convictions, but uh, at some point, you've got to say, "Hey, uh, maybe I stubbed my toe on this one." Yeah, absolutely. Lee, want to do a couple of things here. Yeah. Want to encourage people to join us if you are affected by this decision, by this edict. Uh, we want to have a conversation with you. And I know while we were talking to Fred Davies there from Breakwall, we did have a couple of people hop in the Zoom room because they wanted to get on, but we, we wanted to give Fred his time. But now it's, now it's your time. Okay, so if you work in the yeah. industry or you're a tertiary business that's affected by this closure. Because remember, there's a trickle down from this as well, right? The people that deliver the food to the restaurants, the people that clean the restaurants, all of these other kind of, uh, uh, you know, it, it casts a wide net. And also, Lee, let's bring in some of the comments as well from people watching on uh, Niagara 411. Yeah, let's do and, that. Uh, I haven't say. had a chance to have a look. 
I don't know if you can read that. Are you good with that? Caroline Love, yeah. Uh, that's the problem. People are trying to listen to the professionals, but they are not making sense. They signed up and are being paid very well for the positions they're in. They have to work with, can you scroll up a bit there, Kev? Uh, people and their concerns. Instead, Hergy has a closed door to any questions around the confusion is caused. Confusion causes fear, and fear causes business, small business, to suffer. Why is it not okay to pack the place whomever you want? Yeah, okay. Got it. Thank you. Uh, numbers, that's all that's being fed to us. Who legitimizes these numbers? Ooh, right, the media. Oh, okay. When in doubt, blame the media. Okay. We could go on for another couple of hours on that one. It's fake virus by globalists. You guys are proving the point. He alone has confused everyone. Therefore, people just avoid going out. Thanks, Bill. Huge? Not even close. Stop listening to CBC. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is what I was talking about here, saying it affects the supply chain. That's, that's a better term than I, I was able to come that up with. That is a good word. The impact is not only on the bar restaurant, it also affects the entire supply chain behind the scenes and all of their families. I don't hate the guy, but one person should not have that kind of control. It should be a full committee. Got it. And I remember, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, bah, bah, bah. Um, I can't read that fast. Oh, no, you know what? Sorry, I was just scrolling by. Those are just <laughs> notifications that people are That's watching okay. and what have you. So. Well, you know, when um, there was a time when I lived in the Durham region, and it was a time when uh, General Motors was going through uh, a very, very difficult time, and a lot of my uh, clients were uh, advertisers who were dependent on the health of the economy of the area, and General Motors, as they have done often, the downsides of what, you know what the car industry has been through, uh, and in that, in that poem, uh, what I'm talking about here is the trickle-down theory, the ancillary effects uh, beyond just the level of the industry we're talking about. It was, uh, in that day, it was for every full-time job lost at uh, the General Motors assembly plants in Oshawa, six others were lost in connected industries. So for every one person that lost a job, five other people or six other people uh, and their families would be, would be impacted. Uh, this is not, it's, it, I don't think it's exaggerating the, the topic to say that things are not similar in, in this situation. For every restaurant or bar operator or owner that goes under, think of the impact that uh, that is happening with a bunch of other families that are depending on that business um, to make a living just because they're connected to it. And the suppliers as well. We have linen suppliers. We have um, um, alcohol suppliers. We have food suppliers. We have delivery services. Um, all of these other industries that are connected to one sector of the economy. Percent of hospital beds currently occupied. Now, this is relatively high, Kevin. This is the highest we've seen. 85.9%. Oh, but there's as, more, Lee. There's more. Yeah, okay. As of November the 14th. Percent, uh, what's that? Scroll down a little oh, bit. Oh, sorry, yeah. Percent of, in, you can read. Percent of intensive care unit beds currently occupied. 81.3%. We're almost at a tipping point here. So you can see why the medical people are nervous. 
Now, but look at this one, Lee. Should they be as nervous? Percent of intensive care unit beds with ventilators currently occupied, 24.2%. Okay. So for, for all I know, Lee, maybe 80% capacity in intensive care is normal. Maybe that's where they, where they should be. Yeah. But this year, 24%. So there's still a lot more capacity for intensive care with ventilators. And it seems to me that that's where people hit hardest with COVID end up. So there's still lots of capacity there. We're not at a breaking point. Yeah, not that we want to Niagara. see that go up by any Absolutely stretch. Absolutely not. But 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 we're not but we're not we're not overwhelmed at the moment in Niagara. Is 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 the bottom line. And of course, we want to keep from being overwhelmed. It just seems that there might be a little bit of um, knee jerk reaction going on here. Focus on like we talked last week. Those the, the the flower farms that that were big issues. Uh, there was a, a a major party that was. Uh, help me out here. Was it at the was it at the Ramada oh, they, in yeah, Niagara? The Ramada one. There was the Airbnb in Niagara Falls. Yes. Okay. Um, there were Halloween gatherings. These are the areas. These gatherings of people that are operating outside the directives are really what is taking this thing to a level that we're unhappy with. Um, and that, I believe, is where the frustration comes in, is the fact that it's not people like this that are doing... Uh, and believe me, uh, uh, Dave McParian from uh, Fiddler's Poorhouse does not pay us anything. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not worried about line my pockets here. And he also operates Monty's in St. Catharines. The only thing Dave does for us, and believe me, it's great, don't get me wrong, uh, but Dave lets us sit in his window and do the show. Uh, I don't need to do this from Dave to put food on my table, okay? Neither does Kevin. So, I mean, we could do it from my office in the, in the booth down the street if we wanted to. Uh, so, uh, except it's a little messy right now. But, uh, you get my point. So, um, what we're talking about here is straight up honorable, non-stinking thinking. If you're gonna, if you're going to do this, we have enough data by now. We have enough stats by now to know where these things are coming from. And if we don't know where they're coming from, we better bloody well figure it out so that we do, and then we can target where the actual problem is. The, you know the old expression of throwing stuff at the wall to see if something sticks. We're well past that. Uh, I don't want to do any more wall flinging to see what sticks. We need to be able to point at where the issues are and hammer that hard. Come down with a hammer on those areas that are really screwing up. You can't be doing that, Lee, when, when that decision to see if it sticks is going to decimate 13% of Niagara's workforce. Yeah. You, you can't just be playing with people's lives like that. No, no other, he was asked directly yesterday whether any other region municipality across Ontario has has gone this far and the answer is no no so I, I don't know why he can we decided talk about that, so, can we talk about something fun yeah well fun okay what do we want to talk about uh, I want to talk about glow I want to talk about that okay cool uh, it uh, the, um, the the beautiful light show that is at Safari, Safari in uh, in Stevensville I just want to talk about something fun and happy. Um, Nick put this up uh, yes. this week, 
and it's called uh, Glow. It's a beautiful light show. These are just some of the pictures uh, and the of the of the displays that you. It's a drive-through uh, event, much like Festival of Lights in Niagara Falls. And this is at uh, the what's the full name of the place? It's I just lost Safari Niagara. Safari Niagara. Uh, love, love Safari Niagara had season passes there for yeah. years. Uh, wonderful, wonderful family place, and they have this drive-through light show open for your family. And uh, just in case you've been living under a rock and you're not quite sure where it is, if you're heading from St. Catharines toward uh, Niagara Falls and Fort Erie, just take the Sodom Road cutoff and uh, and head and and veer to the right and keep going down Sodom Road through uh, through Snyder and you will immediately come to uh, Safari Niagara just on your right hand side just before you get into the village of Stevensville and uh, thank you to them for putting this on uh, they I'm sure they as an attraction they probably suffered a lot through this COVID thing as well because they're not allowed to have the same kinds of crowds and customers that they would have normally had but uh, this is something that they've done for uh, the Christmas season 2020 and kudos to them for that so it's on right now you can you can check them out online as far as the hours and things of that concern but it just opened a couple of days ago right Kev? Yeah my understanding and uh, Nick went out there and I think he actually snapped these photos himself yeah uh, here you know what let's uh, click on the link Lee and maybe we'll there we go. There's Glow Niagara. Yeah. And uh, see what they say. Safari Niagara will be transformed into a Christmas landscape of a million lights. Enjoy Glow Gardens from the warmth and safety of your own vehicle and cruise our three-kilometer drive. That's a long way. Yeah, it's supposed to be all the way around. Yeah, three-kilometer drive through light journey. Isn't that awesome? I'm just well, trying to see you. if they have hours up there, but I imagine, you know, it runs at night. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know if there is uh, I don't know if there's a charge for it I don't think so I didn't see I, I, I imagine there would be Lee I mean it's a but for, it, for it looks like there business. might be yeah, it's a for-profit business so I don't know. look at that look at look look go back down there Kev look at that tree Isn't that cool I always wish I had a creative uh, my trees never look like that at Christmas time. It, my my tree looks like uh, some uh, Griswold family failure did it. I don't. <laughs> That's great. Really, really good. So thank you, uh, Glow Niagara, for doing that. Thank you, Nick, for supporting that as well and giving us something to smile about here over the over the holidays as well. Um, so Kevin. Um, we stream Niagara has been uh, very busy over the last little while. Why don't we just take this opportunity? Actually, I'm going to I'm going to halt that for a second. Uh, I'm going to do this first before I forget. Uh, one of the things as we head into this um, new season and this new wild frontier, all of the time that we've been doing this, um, Gales Gas Bars has been a big supporters of us. Uh, Gales Gas Bars Limited. Fueling, uh, and I know that's kind of a kitschy way, cute way to put it, but it's true. Uh, without them, we wouldn't have the uh, we wouldn't have the the gas to keep going. So, to uh, Gales Gas Bars Limited, thank you for uh, supporting this program and uh, staying on board. And uh, Jessica Friesen, uh, one of the leading business people, business women in this community, thank you 
for that. Nick at Niagara 411, of course, always a great partnership with you uh, in front of and behind the scenes. Dave Mukarian here at Fiddler's Poorhouse for allowing us to sit here and uh, take up his valuable space. If COVID ever uh, leaves us, uh, he might need to rent this out to a higher, higher paying uh, commodity than us. <laughs> but, uh, and of course, WeStream, uh, which is where I was going to go with this at the beginning. Kevin, you've had a pretty busy week. Uh, tell, the, tell the folks a little bit while we have a minute uh, about what the hell it is you actually do. Well, this week, Lee saw us doing uh, four events on Tuesday alone. So Tuesday morning, we streamed, we provided the production, the cameras, and everything for the GNCC, the Greater Niagara Chamber of Commerce, and their Niagara Economic Summit. They had to go online and transition that into a virtual event. And you know what, Lee? I'll show you a little bit of it here. Yeah, sure. So here we are. We actually got interrupted by a uh, fire alarm. <laughs> so there we are. This is, a, this is out at the White Oaks. And White Oaks has a, a beautiful room that they've done up there with a well-lit stage. And we provide all the technology to make this happen and bring in virtual guests, put graphics on screen, uh, do, do all that stuff. So it was, a, it was a good thing. There you go. Get nice views like that. And there you go. So one of the things that, uh, that WeStream does. So if you need help with uh, virtual events, of course, we're there for that. Also on Tuesday, we were providing some online support for Fertilizer Canada. They Who knew? Do yeah, they do uh, like a lot of Zoom meetings and there's a lot of forums and they need just some online help. So we help them manage from a tech perspective those online Zoom meetings and forums. In the evening, we did two city council meetings. So we streamed the city of Niagara Falls and the city of Thorold. Today, we did another event for Fertilizer Canada and we offered that same level of support to the Niagara Peninsula Conservation Authority. They had their full authority meeting. And then uh, last weekend, we did the Agritech Hackathon for uh, Spark Niagara in conjunction with the town of Lincoln. Uh, we're getting requests for weddings every day. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, it's wide reaching, but anything you can think of that's online, we can offer some uh, creative COVID solutions. I guess that's the best way to put it. We have creative yeah. COVID solutions, but thanks, thanks Lee for throwing that out my way. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Uh, and in these days of uh, do-it-yourself, Technology, do-it-yourself films, do-it-yourself uh, photos, TV shows, movies, whatever. Uh, this is definitely uh, a giant step beyond just setting up your cell phone and hitting play. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot that goes into this uh, that is, uh, is fascinating, and it's a, it's a state-of-the-art technology. Now, the technology itself, Kevin, we've talked about this before. Okay, it's not that expensive. We're not, you're not spending $150,000, $200,000 on fancy schmancy cameras and stuff like Hollywood would do. It's just that you've taken everyday technology and turned it into something that's actually affordable. Yeah, very targeted technology. We know exactly yeah. what to buy and we've, we've bought it. I mean, we've been in operation for five years focusing on nothing but online streaming and virtual events. And yeah. in that landscape, we're veterans. So we got this figured out, we got the tools for the job, but like you said, Lee, it's not necessarily that it's expensive equipment, it's the right equipment. It's what, and, and what you guys do with it. Yeah, and I mean, we tear down this thing and set it up in an hour and a half. Yeah. Every time, we basically are running a whole TV studio that we bring in, you know. And I mean, these, these, uh, the, the, these graphics, the, 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 the logos at, uh, at the bottom of your screen, uh, this lovely weather forecast that we have 
<laughs> I always forget where to put. Anyway, yeah. for tomorrow, 15 degrees tomorrow. I know, pretty nice. And then drop Sunday's going to be wet. Did you know? No, you didn't know because I'm just telling you now. I had put my uh, I had put my golf clubs to bed. Ah, oh, no, you did. I put my golf clubs to bed uh, for the uh, for the season. Uh, I, I'm going to drag them out tomorrow. Roll, going out? Ro- rolling Meadows, look out! Nice. Yeah. The turf won't be the same. I know. <laughs> I'll be replacing those divots all winter long. I know, but it's going to be uh, it's uh, it's going to be fun. There are still nice things to do in Niagara, and. Uh, Yes, we will be masked uh, while we're there, and then, believe me, we hit golf balls in so many different directions. We're not going to be close together. Trust me, <laughs> it's not going to it's not going to happen. Um, Kevin, there were some other things that uh, have been going on around. D- did you see the Did you see the story in Niagara four one one about the car with? They said kids in it. Well, if you're driving a car, they're probably not kids, uh, the youths or, or whatever that are. That's the one there. Now, you can't. Glavkick, is that how you pronounce that? Glavik, Glavkick, whatever it is, drive yeah. in Niagara Falls. Reported to be driving around shooting cars and homes with paintball guns. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. That's not funny. Um, uh, they think it's a white hatchback, possibly Volkswagen. Uh, please keep uh, an eye out. And uh, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, now Lee, did you did you read the comments? No. So the comments on the story, you, you, you think it's? I don't want to say an isolated incident, but you read the comments, and there's probably and we'll get to them here. There's probably. Five other people saying same thing happened to me. Same thing happened to me. Well, yeah, that was a it was there a, a right it was a series of drive-bys. There's somebody else. No, but this is like it wasn't just one car. Yeah, this is going back. They were back driving a all over days. the place doing this. No, but this is going back days. Like people hopping on that happened to me last week. Oh my god! Another, last week, my husband's brand new Porsche yeah. had a purple paintball on. I'm sorry, don't mean to laugh. Shouldn't laugh. They hit the passenger side mirror. That is really. They should be in big trouble for... Of course they should be in trouble. Uh, there you go. They're blaming the parents here. Well, sure, you blame the parents. Surprised. Of course, it's I mean, always it's, the parents' fault. Just scroll down. There you go. Another, another picture. Different car. Wow. Paintball. And, and, and if they're actually in a car, somebody's old enough to drive, I would think. So they're, they're not what I would call kids. Yeah, I just want to... Scroll through. I know I saw a lot more photos, and maybe yeah. I'm just missing them here in some of the replies to the comments. As I that reminds me of a joke. Have you ever heard the old uh, the old joke about this fellow uh, walking through a neighborhood? Uh, and oh, there's one right there. Can you get that stuff off? Uh, my like easily? Is, yeah, my assumption is yeah that it's a washable paint. But but still, one would think because you shoot people with it. But yeah. But the thing is, uh, one of the one of the real dangers would be if they do that to a vehicle that's moving. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's bad enough to have your car. Nobody wants to have their car vandalized like that. I mean, and I'm, I'm sorry, I kind of giggled at a point, but it's just I don't know. It's my weird sense of humor at times. But and I get that uh, that is not funny. But it would certainly not be funny if. Uh, if they took pot shots at the vehicle that's moving, because that could cause all kinds of problems. I think you'd be scared first. You'd be stunned as to what it is. Well, yeah. Like you might drive off the road just in fear of a. Well, this is what, what I mean. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the the, st- the, the startle factor 
uh, if a car is moving, that's not that's not good. But there was the story about the uh, the fellow that was uh, looking for work in the neighborhood, uh, and he knocked on this fellow's door and he said, uh, uh, "I'd like to do 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 a little bit of work for you. Just uh, odd jobs I can do just about anything. Uh, if you like, I can paint, I can scrape, I can mow, I can." Uh, uh, dig uh, whatever you want, and uh, the fellow said, "Actually, yeah. Um, I, um, if you want to go up back, I've got some paint cans out there, and uh, and and I got a porch out there that needs painting." He says, uh, "Do you want to do that?" He says, "Yes, you betcha." So he comes back a couple of hours later and knocks on the door again and says, uh, "I got your job done, but there, that, that there ain't a porch. That was a Mercedes." <laughs> okay, uh, so <laughs> I need the rim shot, Lee. Not bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a very old, lame joke. But at least it was clean. I've heard it before, but I forgot the punchline. So good on you. Okay. <laughs> um, I know you want to talk about this as well. The statue that got stolen from uh, Mount Carmel. Yeah, let's do this one. Alert. Someone has stolen the statue of Therese from our grotto here in Niagara Falls, Ontario, between Monday afternoon, November 16th, and today, November 18th, but in all likelihood, probably today, meaning uh, that would have been yesterday. Any information would be helpful. Please pray for its safe return. Scroll up there just a little bit so we can, so I can see that. Uh, yeah, there. It is. So that's where the statue was on that, on that little base between the flower vases. Uh, Therese was stolen, and uh, who does that stuff? Well. I guess that's the question. Uh, who who does it, and, and and why would you? It's not worth anything, probably, to anyone but the people who uh, who appreciate it. And I'm just scrolling through the comments. Um, a lady said that she goes there, I think, on a weekly basis with her husband, and she had a recent photo of the statue. Ah, there, there's Therese. There. And yeah, there's there's a better one in the comments, and just a picture that's a little more okay. clear. Okay. Okay. So I'll get, I'll get to that. There we go. Ah, oh, that's a lovely photo, yeah. Now, of what, of what possible use could that be to anyone but the people who appreciate or worship at that, at that place? May I say, Lee, it's, it's incredible what kids want to make bongs out of these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a line for everything, isn't there? All right. So, the regional uh, council meeting happened tonight. It'll be interesting to, uh, obviously we haven't been able to stream that or look at it uh, because they have, they have their meetings online all the time. But uh, I'm sure this situation with regard to the section 22 as it's called with regard to uh, Dr. Herji and the uh, as the medical acting medical officer of health has put in place for uh, hospitality industries etc I'm sure that has been uh, up once again for for debate but I, frankly Kevin I'm not sure what debate they could have because the council itself was not actually divided on this issue yesterday they were all pretty much on the same side yeah, I mean, they might be discussing what other actions they can take, and we heard when Fred was on that it would take a two-thirds vote from council, which I think they would get, to remove Dr. Herji from his position. 
but that would also need to be backed up by the Ontario right by the Ontario government and which, the Ministry of Health right and as you mentioned you would think that they would stand by although even even if nothing nothing else to but to go through that procedure to show them how serious they are I mean if a unanimous vote yesterday saying that you take this away and 31 regional councillors grilling you over this one clause in your rogue edict doesn't make you realize how serious everybody in Niagara is about it, well, maybe we got to take a further step. When we had Fred Davies on earlier from Breakwall Brewing in Port Colborne, Kevin, maybe you can clear this up for me. When we, when, when we were chatting with him, at one point he said uh, that Dr. Hergy, this is Fred's words, not doctor's words, said that he would take it under advisement. Did, now, you saw the, the proceedings. Was that something he actually said? I don't know for sure that he said advisement, but that is a word that is commonly passed around um, any council chamber. Yeah. When an order is suggested to staff, yeah. it's generally, that, that's, a, that's a common response, and I'll, I'll take that under advisement. Well, sure, I mean, it's a, it's a political response. Right. But, but whether, whether or not he said that, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't attest to that. Thing. All right. Um, uh, did you want to get but to? Uh, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, did you want to get to? And we'll get to this. I'll let you finish that thought. But to uh, Nigel's cheap vlogs because Nigel's yeah. a friend of the yeah. program. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Big storm. What day was it? Tuesday, Wednesday. Super windy. Yeah, th there was a massive windstorm. Was that last weekend? Even like Sunday. Oh boy. Um, well, <laughs> it, it's been still pretty windy today. I know. But all these days tend to run into uh, one another. But I'm sure if you put his uh, vlog up there, it'll have a date on it. <laughs> so it can remind us of exactly. Uh, we've had Nigel on here from time to time. He does Nigel's cheap vlogs, uh, and uh, he was out trolling around. There you go. Fifteenth of November, and that was Sunday. Okay, you got it right. So, um, and and uh, it was kind of neat because Nigel went out before the fact. Because he knew, uh, because of the weather forecast. Weather forecast says we're headed for some heavy, heavy weather, big winds in Niagara. So he went out just sort of cruising around before the fact and caught some pretty in interesting footage. There you go, that's whipping. There was a. Uh, look at that. It got worse into the evening. Oh, it got crazy, yeah. Let's just skip it ahead here. I'll scroll. Now, there was also a, uh, a, a, ba a, a base of an old uh, amusement park ride in on Waverly Beach, old Waverly Beach in Fort Erie that's been there for decades and decades and decades. And of all the storms that they've had on the shores of Lake Erie, this thing was still there. It was just a base of a, of a ride. And, uh, and it was destroyed. It whoosh, blew it apart. I think our friend Dave Benison did a bit of a piece on that, on uh, historical Niagara and Niagara 411 as well over the past week. Yeah, here, so these winds have been very, very powerful. Yeah, here, the, I'll pull that up for you so uh, the audience can see what we're talking about. There it is. The picture on your on, on the left is what it's looked like for. So there was the the weather ages. network picked it up. Yeah, 
It's a 1920s amusement park ride, Niagara, destroyed by the storm. Dave Benison did this, and uh, Scott Sutherland, the fellow we had on last week from the Weather Network, put it up. And on the right, you can see what has now become of it. After all these years. That was pretty violent. It was especially along the uh, north shore of Lake Erie there. Absolutely. Crystal, yeah, Crystal Beach, you know, Port Colburn, Fort Erie, the, the shoreline properties just got, got destroyed. Yeah, I got a couple of people that I know that have uh, have summer homes. I don't know if they would have still been in them. Uh, probably not at this point in time on uh, on the Shirkston Shores. So that was probably pretty crazy, too. I, I got a couple of people down there that have summer teeth. You know those? Pardon? The, the people that have summer teeth? Summer here, summer, summer there. there. Yeah, okay. We're bringing out all the old uh, all chestnuts the old today, eh? It's amazing what you do when you got a fill. Hello, my name is Phil In. Uh, in. Uh, and, uh, in a couple minutes, we're going to uh, feature My Son the Hurricane. My Son the Hurricane, local band. I know we always go out with a local tune. They're back in the studio. If not today, then it was like yesterday, but they're back in the studio this week. All uh, right. Putting the finishing touches on a new track. So that'll probably be dropping in the next couple of weeks. So good to see uh, Jacob, Dano, and the boys back in the studio doing yeah, their thing. I was uh, actually going to ask you what our uh, musical uh, extra was going to be today. So uh, My Son the Hurricane, that's great. Jacob, uh, good to have you. Uh, good to see you again. Haven't uh, seen you in a long, long time, so it's uh, great. What an interesting band. There are only, they're only like, what, 100 people in that group? <laughs> yeah, about that. It's a, <laughs> it's a traveling parade. Yeah, it and is. And they are so much fun to see live. And again, like, you know, when, when are we going to be able to do that again? And like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band without the hearts. <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, My Son, the Hurricane. So that, 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 it's a, this is a new one they've dropped, right? Well, no, they're in the studio now, so oh, I'm going to now. Play, I'm gonna have to play something old, and, I, and I'm torn between Pushing Up Daisies is probably my favorite song, but that's almost 10 years old now. Uh, Smile's okay. a good song, Birthday Cake is a great video, so I don't know, maybe, I, I think I'll go with Pushing Up Daisies for those that aren't, aren't familiar with My Son, The Hurricane. Uh, Kevin, uh, it just, something just popped into my head, sorry to interrupt you, but no, uh, we, have a, we have a few minutes here. Um, one of the big discussions that has been taking place on the provincial level over the last week or so is Christmas breaks for children in schools. Uh, it's a huge deal, and there was a rumor, there was a, well, always an option, uh, of the fact that the province would extend the two-week uh, Christmas break to longer than that. And, and, of course, parents are sort of rewinding into the same uh, situation that we were back in the early spring where they're saying, hey, uh, we, need to, we need to keep working to support our families. This is the other big thing. And as I understand it right now, the province has made a statement that they will not be extending the Christmas break beyond the planned two weeks that is in the normal calendar. Um, so with that as a backdrop to this question, Kevin, uh, with school-age children, what, ha what has your experience been, because we haven't talked about this in a, in a number of weeks, what is your experience with the school system, with your kids, with uh, how things are going, what, uh, uh, what are you thinking? Seems to be going fine, I, I would say. I mean, there's been no cases at our children's school. So what other conclusion can I draw other than it seems to be going fine? That said, as soon as school went back, as soon as we all kind of went back to work and living our quote-unquote normal lives, it seems that numbers have risen steadily. 
so I don't know what role the schools are playing in that, but I think they are playing a minor role in the spreading of COVID. So maybe a two-week break is, is going to help things. Maybe the, okay. winter, maybe the winter break is going to help us all if we kind of shut down our lives and do a pseudo-isolation for a week or two. Uh, maybe we can, you know, maybe we'll come back to the point where we're seeing single-digit numbers of daily COVID cases in Niagara. But yeah, that's, and, that's my take. And, 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 and when you were talking about um, the, the shutdown thing, that's the other element that people have talked about with regard to, uh, and again, I don't want to be a one-trick pony, but w w with the restaurant bar thing is the fact that um, if the mandate is to isolate across the board and shut your life, shut everybody's life down, that's one thing. It's the, it's, the, it's the targeting of a particular industry. It's the targeting of a particular sector that has people up in arms. It's not the concept of shutting down necessarily. It's the concept of shutting down one industry. That's what has people so up in arms. If you're going to shut everything down across the board, fine, do it, whatever, and we'll all, we'll all abide by it. Just don't focus on one guy out of the team. And, and especially when it seems that there's no evidence to suggest that that's the silver bullet. If anything, all I've heard about in the last little while is dozens of cases being attributed to flower operations. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So we shut down restaurants. I'm, I'm confused. Uh, Kevin Jack, always a pleasure. Thank you for uh, executively producing uh, this program and we stream. Uh, and as per Kevin's hat, Gales Gas Bars Limited, thank you for fueling the program. Nick uh, at Niagara 411, always a pleasure, my friend, to work with you and your contributors. To Dave McParian and his staff here at Fiddler's Poor House, you know how much we appreciate you. My name is Lee Sterry. Uh, I hope you can join us for episode 24 next week and continue to weigh in. Go to Livestream Niagara if you want to contact us off the air, after the fact. Talk to us uh, in, uh, in your own time, uh, in your own space. Just go to Livestream Niagara and you can uh, find all the information there as to how you can do that. And if you want to be a contributor to the program, let us know that as well. Uh, a pleasure to uh, join you here. Stay safe, stay well. And uh, my son, the hurricane, coming up.
And everything's more than we could have imagined And ugh, then what happened? So shout out to every time I got third instead of first I want the best so I sit through the worst I want it all, the good and the bad And I already got more than I could have imagined Shout out to all the fellas and the ladies That ain't giving up till they pushing up daisies Do what you got to provoke the gears Not about being there, it's about getting there it's from here Sons of hurricanes tearing up my life. Only a few months, he's how I planned it with my wife. We dream for him, but soon he'll dream all on his own. Make his bad decisions from the things his life has shown. I tell him, yell him, teach him, preach him, then release him. Baby's gotta do it all alone. Be his own man or grow up to be a clone. Life's written with chalk and rain, not carved in stone. And shout out to every time I got third instead of first. I want the best, so I sit through the worst. I want it all, the good and the bad. And I already got more than I could have imagined. Shout out to all the fellas and the ladies that ain't giving up till they're pushing up daisies. Do what you got to provoke the gears. Not about being there, it's about getting there from here. Do what you got to provoke the gears, not about being there to 